Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we're talking about fetishes. Uh, uh. Um, we'll be talking about <laughs> where they come from, what's going on in your brain, the main theories behind how fetishes develop, as well as the most common fetishes in society. Maybe yours will be on the list. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And again, Sexy another time. podcast where mom, <laughs> sister, family members, turn it off. I say this about once a month because it's a spicy podcast for controversial subjects and the facts can be tense. Well, we are A$AP Science here to make it make sense. No, seriously, um, mom, turn it off. Okay, everyone else, keep listening. Yeah, I think, well, we don't know what we're going to say yet. We're just like, the disclaimers out there that maybe there'll be some sex talk. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I don't know, if you're in the car with your kids, like maybe switch this one. Like, I don't know if your kids are ready to learn about fetishes, but interestingly, a lot of it has to do with childhood. Yeah, and we'll I think there. that our perspective on all sex talk and alcohol drugs these things it's like it will always be with the science lens and it's still important it's still part of biology yeah. part of evolution so we're not here to just be crude and talk about these things in a way that's not useful for anyone to learn but of course everyone has their own way and i even have a study about why kink shaming is actually dangerous is that your what did you learn this week or you mean no, that's part- oh, okay no. one of my studies in about when we talk about fetishes is it was so interesting it was like medicine and kink shaming and how like you why kink shaming is bad it was cool. Anyways. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, new? Okay. <laughs> what is We're watching new? Yellow Jackets. It's so good. It's terrifying. It's really good. Um, if you don't know, it's sort of like a group of girls who get stranded on an island and chaos ensues, or it's just like their life. Well, it's so interesting because it's two shows in one. It's like there is the current 2021 plotline of the girls who are not older. They're like in their mm-hmm. 40s, like Juliette Lewis is in it. And they're playing these characters, and then it constantly flashes back to 1996 or seven or something, which is fun because it's a cool time with like the music and the way they're dressed yeah. and the cultural references. But it will bounce back and forth in each episode between 1997 and right now. And it's so you kind of get like this Lord of the Flies plot line, and then this like plot line about what it means to be like a middle aged woman after having gone through that. Mm. It's a feminist masterpiece. In yeah. My the only I thing I don't it. like about it is the theme song. Do you like it? That's my, like, it feels like it doesn't match the tone of the show. Yeah. I don't care about theme songs, but you can. I love theme songs. Like, it can make, I actually, like, rarely skip theme songs, and this is one where I'm like, yeah, we can skip it. Yeah, Mitch is so crazy about those HBO, like, two-minute, like, if I skip it, he's like, but then but then we're not in the show. Yeah, it gives you the tone, like, it's when like, Succession then, comes on, I'm like, I want to like, hear this music. Yeah, he wants to stare at the and family And Greg will be like, like skip it, and I'm like, no, like, it gets you in the mood. It's like... 
you know, watching Game of Thrones and watching even Survivor, like I love, it just like creates a tone, an atmosphere, your body and your brain get into the space to consume the media. I'm we, literally like, I need to go to bed two minutes earlier. Can you skip this? I need two minutes. We were talking about nostalgia the other night. I think part of it for me is like, it brings you into that headspace. Like I love rewatching things and I think the familiarity of a, th- a theme intro even though the episode will be different, brings me into that headspace of like, oh, I'm so excited. I love this. And you'd always be like, in Game of Thrones, you'd be like, they're building that world. That means we're focusing on the Tiandriel Galadriel's <laughs> fort. And I was okay. like, oh, God. Mixing references, Lord of the Rings, but okay. <laughs> oh, my God, Lord of the Rings, the TV show is has been announced to come out in september either going to be the best thing or the worst thing in the world like it can't be anything else <laughs> yeah that's like true. there's no in between it's either going to be fucking amazing or actually so bad and, and you so wouldn't sad. want it to be in between Being no meh about lord of the rings is not good for you i'm scared for it but i really hope it's good uh sure, the thing i told it. greg the other day is i discovered a genre on youtube of people watching lord of the rings for the first time so i've started watching those <laughs> so mitch is watching people watch lord of the it's rings it's one of my greatest pleasures fetishes it's a, it is a fetish. <laughs> and, I, and I jerk off while I do it. Oh, uh, no, it's so fun. But okay, well, should we get into the app? <laughs> That's amazing that you actually do that. Like, you're crazy. It gives me so much joy. It's the same reason, like, I love making people play Zelda. I tried really hard with you, and you have played some, but you've never finished a single one. It's so hard. It is not for kids. It's not for adults. Yes, it is. It is, it is for Mensa. <laughs> it is for literal genius Mensa people. Like, no, anyone who has fun. finished a Zelda game, if I meet them, which is many people, I'm like, you're a genius. I'm dumb. I don't know what door to go around. Oh my gosh. But it, it, I, I can sit and watch someone play Zelda for the literal 40 to 60 hours it usually takes to beat one of the games. Wow. It's so enjoyable to me because it's like seeing the discoveries through somebody else's eyes. Nostalgia. I live in nostalgia. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah. Oh, what did we learn this week? Speaking of... <laughs> I don't have a segue. Speaking, Speaking of Bo Burnham, hate segues. We also yeah, watch. we watched Bo Burnham last night. The what special? What do you mean? You don't? It had what you're about to say has nothing to do with nostalgia. Absolutely not. Mine's about broccoli. Broccoli is kid food. That's true, it's and like it's the very first nostalgic. Thing that like your parents are like eat your broccoli, and, and I'm sure there's a theme song for broccoli somewhere, and probably the characters in Game of Thrones had to eat broccoli at some point. So. Veggie Tales, that weird Christian rings. show. Isn't there a broccoli in that? I have no idea what you're talking about. But you okay. ever watch Veggie Tales? I know the name, but I can't think of what it actually was. It's like a weird Christian television Is show Christian? that's animated that they would put on at my church, and it was like secretly stories of Jesus. Oh, three vegetables? Three vegetables. It's uh, actually the most insane thing now that I'm saying out loud and just get into your broccoli thing and like, okay. why did that ever happen? And why was I watching that? Weird. Okay. Um, okay. Broccoli science. Riveting. I know you're so excited, but I thought it's interesting. So obviously we know like broccoli is like a really healthy food. There's always tons of benefits being like touted about it from anti-cancer to controlling blood sugar. And this all comes down to something called sulforaphane, which is the compound of broccoli. That's like very good for you apart from fiber. And you know, there's lots of, there's, yeah, there's, a lot, there's and, another, the anti-cancer one I know is a different word. Yeah. So anyway, they realized that the way you eat broccoli impacts greatly the accessibility of the sulforaphane. So okay. I wanted to ask you first, what do you think is the best way to eat broccoli? Raw. Okay. Just like straight up. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you're not, you're like halfway there. Okay. Okay. So basically they realized through this study, they were testing all these things, but when a plant 
is like under attack many by herbivores many plants release defense chemicals so what they realize is that that process of releasing the defense chemicals Mm. is actually what creates the sulforaphane so when they did the studies they realized cooking broccoli doesn't really release it as much so if you by heat like whether it's boiling or microwaving it actually reduced the amount of sulforaphane and after testing a bunch of different preparation methods they realized that chopping it or pulverizing it. So uh, I think they cut it up a lot, but not just that, then leaving it for 90 minutes is what created, because wow. it gave the, I guess, the, like the, the broccoli literally, literally like converts. Um, <laughs> and, and that was, so... You downplayed how cool this was. You're oh, like, oh, broccoli. You know, I, want something. I thought it was, was cool, so but cool. I, just, yeah, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. I'm insecure. Um, so... And uh, even one comparison of the like pulverizing it and then stir frying it or pulverizing it, waiting 90 minutes and then stir frying it, the waiting made like a huge difference, like 2.8 times difference. This is like you could literally make a health Instagram and go viral with like, like just shop up your food because people (laughs) love this shit, especially in quarantine. People love the concept of like. You know, it's like meditative, like mm-hmm. pulverize it and wait 90 minutes for Well, the, the study best. did also say 30 minutes is probably enough, but they didn't test <laughs> well, that. Well, yeah, that's so fucking crazy. Imagine me like, oh, don't touch that broccoli. Oh, yeah, I know it's cut. <laughs> 30 minutes. We're just waiting for it to do its thing. Like you, if you were someone, you'd be like, that seems anti-science. That seems <laughs> yeah, like, like some s- like pseudo like, magic. Like, yeah, 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 but it's true. Um, I mean, part of me was like, I guess that's like what your teeth do if you eat raw broccoli. It's not like it's sitting there, but at least you're yeah. pulverizing it with your teeth. Well, it's so interesting. Okay, wait, is there more? Because I have more. No, there's not more. There's not more. But indole-3-carbinol, which is what I learned about in one of my nutrition courses. I remember the day hungover. I came back from Toronto after (laughs) literally. I was such a nerd. Like, I went to a concert on a Thursday in Toronto. Wow, nerd alert. No, no. (laughs) Wow, you're such a nerd. Okay, I was definitely at home alone that night. I actually, actually, yeah, it's like kind of cool, I guess. I absolutely (laughs) partied so hard in Toronto (laughs) with my friend and then stayed at this girl's house in Toronto. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Wow, stay with the girl, nerd alert. And then I, then I banged this girl. I was gay. <laughs> Being gay and hanging with the girl is nerdier than a boy. Um, I was like, we need to get up at 7.45 and get the bus to get back for my nutrition course at 9.30. Oh, good for you. Isn't that crazy? And know what's crazy? I was up until 4 a.m. Know what else we did to our friend Aaliyah? Aaliyah, if you're listening. <laughs> she fell asleep lying on the ground with her hand, with her face in her hands like this watching. We were watching Maury at 4 a.m. Really stoned and drunk. She fell asleep, shut her eyes. And I was like, to her friend, I was like, Let's just tell her that four hours have passed and we have to go. Because like she oh was like, so, she like we were no, drinking. Yeah, yeah. We we're like, Ali, it's the morning. And she was like, okay, let's go. And we were like, no, we're kidding. You actually shut your eyes for like five minutes. It was so funny. She was like, she got up and she was like, yeah, okay. Thank you so much. We're going to be heading out. And I was like, it's actually only been five minutes. Anyways, indole three carbonyls, what I learned that day. And it's a compound in broccoli that is the same enzymes that break it down are also the same enzymes that when you smoke cigarettes in your lungs break down a certain compound that creates the carcinogenic effect so technically if you ate broccoli i'm sure if you pulverize it first it'd be even better while smoking a cigarette because there's less enzymes available to create the carcinogenic part of the cigarette because the broccoli is binding to it yeah and it's like it's like allosterically binding to Uh, it so that the protein the enzyme no longer can function to do the negative thing you technically are decreasing the cancerous aspects of smoking if you eat broccoli at the same time. Very cool. Yeah. Disclaimer, we're not making claims here on AIDS. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true. Oh, that I mean, is. People, I, can you say that like if it's you literally eat broccoli like was, and smoke, you're fine? 
I, did I ever say that? <laughs> I don't know. I never said like that. It. I said, I did not say you would be fine. I said the enzymes that are involved in the process of creating the carcinogenic, some carcinogenic aspects of the cigarette will now having be having to be binding to indole-3-carbonyl from the broccoli. So therefore there will be less. I never thought you would do, you would still be having carcinogens, just okay, less. Okay. And it's interesting. And no one would ever do, no one smokes cigarettes and like eats broccoli. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> no, no. It was just a really they cool They might now after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go for it. Like have a like ashtray and broccoli. But like, it was a really incredible, beautiful moment of science education. And it, and it was like explained Stuck with you all these years. Yeah. And it was like, you had to take the notes. And I, at one point knew like every enzyme path and how right. cell bio works. Yeah. Like I knew how it bound to the protein, how it bound mm. to the nucleus, like what genes were turned on for the enzyme. Like that Very was cool. so freaking cool. Yeah. Being in school is amazing. Is amazing. Ugh, we should go back to school. Yeah, one day. Okay, uh, what did you learn? Cause I Whoa, was, I thought that's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you learned like 15, years, learned ago. 15 years ago. I was like, what did we learn this week? What, about, what did we learn this last two decades? That's amazing you could recall something you learned 15 years ago. It's like, I can't remember yesterday, so... But sometimes I do remember something I learned in university. That's true, but you just have a way better memory than I do. I also am very like... It's like I'm an annoyingly assertive, like very social person and know what it is. It's that night out smoking with my friends i go hey guys everyone listen i've like had to tell I mean, you were smoking that. at night so you're like oh i gotta get the broccoli it's yeah like- <laughs> exactly like i like every time i was like some of, i didn't really smoke cigarettes but a lot of my friends did i would be telling them this information like I i've already oh, said it so much it stuck with you and then you yeah. it reinforced it yeah as a learned Whereas, like, I feel that's like I'm true more there's lots of things I you do that more often like than you fair yeah more, like, you just like all those person. conversations no, yeah I'm literally. Joking. no literally i'm like i'm like oh literally like if people aren't talking about science i'm just like okay well do i hear the science like I like always <laughs> want to talk about science and I do bulldoze conversations outside of science. Uh, okay. So. What did you learn this year, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> um, reading that incredible book, The Disordered Cosmos still, I'm almost done. It is so freaking good. But th- she talked about burial. Side note, we should both start a Goodreads. I did. I signed oh. up and to make an account because I think it's fun to see people Goodreads and yeah. then you just like, can leave a little review and yeah oh my keep god track of your books that way and when you're obsessed with the book writing a review is like so fun and people have asked us online sometimes they're like do you uh, have a good reads i want to like follow it no read the disordered cosmos <laughs> like i'm dropping that one down okay. hard on the good reads okay so what was but she was talking it? about the early universe so she's like an astrophysicist and she's black and she relates everything to how like anti-black physics is it's like fucking fascinating it's like science mixed with culture chef's kiss freaking genius but she was just talking about baryogenesis. Do you know what that is? I feel like I'd heard that mm, word. I recognize the word, yeah, baryogenesis. I forget. Okay, so it's the process through which matter came to dominate over mint antimatter in the universe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I knew that. No, but no, like, I'm isn't it weird that I've like, I know that yeah. word, but like, how the hell would I ever? It's just, I guess, science courses. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's. Well, a- we never took like high level physics courses. So I, we I probably just heard that in a book or pop culture or reading yeah. a physics book. But baryogenesis. I don't think I learned that in school. Like, kind of like comes in hot like it's a it's a very it's like an interesting word it, it word. doesn't feel like it matches that phenomenon, that phenomenon. to me yeah, it feels totally, it feels way more biological yeah which i like, suppose the universe is yeah no but it, no it feels like <laughs> earth it feels like feels like it feels like a like evolutionary trait of like a tadpole or something yeah. like it's not like universe wow like <laughs> that is like the dawn of everything so anyways i was just like okay she talks about like obviously baryogenesis is very important because if antimatter and matter <laughs> for just cancel each other out we wouldn't exist so like mm-hmm. baryogenesis is the only reason there's structures in our universe okay. and so she's talking about the 
right after the Big Bang. Like similar to Katie Mack's book, they do a lot of time talking about that, which I think is so freaking interesting. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that like only like minutes after the quote unquote Big Bang, which is like not the best word. It was, you know, an expansion of everything. Whatever. <laughs> right after the bit, only minutes after all, like pretty much all of the hydrogen isotopes and helium that will ever exist in the universe was formed. Mm. So it's like, because only of, minutes like the heat was so intense yeah like, like the conditions it's it needs. so crazy when they talk about it and it is actually like you know they can't know for sure but they use a lot of math and like quantum mechanics and it's like oh my god <laughs> these people are so smart yeah and they just say weird words like quarks and gluons and you just like read them you're like yeah okay mm -hmm. like i guess a gluon's a thing but like yeah. i don't actually get it because like, i'm not smart I enough can't but they get it. it yeah um yeah and i was just like i just thought that was so cool that like that within is minutes billions of years ago those like literal things like helium and like hydrogen isotopes that are so important to our lives were created. It just makes me realize like we are a part of the universe without it. We're nothing. And it just, I don't know, comforts me in this like weird way. Yeah. It kind of blows my mind thinking about those things. Like I just kind of get to a point where I'm like, I don't understand anything. Yeah. You know, like, as you said, helium, I was like, yeah, but, I actually am like, how did it get made? Well, that's the thing. Is <laughs> you that know what I mean? No like, one what is helium? And then I was just like, well, it's just literally like a d combination of like electrons and protons. And, well, no, it's so weird. And, you know, and quarks and all these things and yeah. bosons. And you're just like, that's so weird that even these tiny elementary particles are just made up of other versions of things that are like ultimately yeah. add together to that are so small I don't know. and it's so weird because like she talks about how that was minutes after that the hydrogen helium are and like prior to that there's like this thing that has some name which is before like all there was was protons and neutrons there were no electrons yet mm -hmm. and then there's like a certain like cooling and then crazy heating up that happens like seconds after the big bang which creates the first existence for like electrons to be like a like Adam. Yeah, that's, that's like, where what? I lose my mind because I'm just yeah. like, I, I don't understand like going from nothing to something. Yeah, and then it's like, why are you <laughs> able to, to literally <laughs> use science and math <laughs> yeah. to figure that out? Because that's crazy. And like, understand it. And, and it's like, I always worry uh, that an alien's gonna come and be like, that's gibberish. You all made that up. That's not yeah. that. But like, but like, I'm like, <laughs> but it seems like they're actually pretty accurate with the science we have. Wow. Well, mind blown for the day. Yeah, well, I know. I wish I like knew. And all of that comes together ultimately to create humans which create Whoa, fetishes, fetishes. <laughs> which is so weird and i love when dumb people are like gender is a construct and it's like think about the universe as a pro like you know what i mean like when fetishes are a construct and <laughs> like you know what I everything mean? Like, is a construct gender is a freaking construct <laughs> you know what i mean like when you think about the universe yeah like i always i think that's a really good argument for people who are like trying to argue <laughs> that oh, like yeah. there's gender binaries it's like you're so dumb mm -hmm. anyways <laughs> okay okay we'll take a little break come back for some fetishes hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Get Abstract. Here at Side Note, we need as much help as we can staying on the right track when it comes to business. And that's why we love Get Abstract. Get Abstract finds, rates, and summarizes the top business books, articles, and video talks into 10-minute abstracts to help people make better decisions in business and in their private lives. They have over 22,000 plus text and audio summaries in areas such as leadership, finance, innovation, health, science, and more. You can try out books before you buy them so you know if it's a right fit for you and your goals, revisit classic tales, or discover hidden gems. Knowledge is power and Get Abstract is here to help. Get a free month of Get Abstract by visiting getab.li slash sidenote. That's getab.li slash sidenote. This ad is brought to you by BetterHelp. Here at Sidenote, you know we're obsessed with therapy, and that's what BetterHelp is all about. Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? Can't pinpoint exactly what interferes with your happiness? Try BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment, which means no more uncomfortable waiting rooms. It's so convenient you can start communicating with a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. And what's even better is BetterHelp is available worldwide. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash side note. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash side note for 10% of your first month. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. Whew, it's getting uh, spicy in here. Oh, <laughs> hi. I'm bricked up right now with my fetish. <laughs> what? Uh, I taught I, Mitch what bricked up meant today. You didn't teach me. Like, I kind of assimilated a meaning for myself based on seeing it being said on TikTok. But then you kind of clarified it, I guess. Bricked if you up had, means boner. Or oh, hard clit. It hard does? Clit. Wait, so, yeah. what did you think it was? I thought you meant like sexually. I'm like, yeah, just aroused. No, it's like I'm bricked up. Like my heart is a rock. My oh. dick is hard as a rock and clitoris is maybe hard as a rock. Never knew that. Okay. Well, I'm still learning the lingo. It's, this is the first part of my journey to being like, what are the kids saying? Yeah, no. Um, I, I had to Google it. Imagine. <laughs> what does a bricked up mean? And you probably could. Actually, the yeah, have done Quora that. Quora for it or yeah. whatever. Like, what is that website? Quora. Quora. Yeah, I always feel really bad when I'm there. But it's like, and it really took over Yahoo Answers, which yeah. used to be the thing. Ooh, one of my studies is uses Yahoo Groups, and I was like, well, we'll take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like Yahoo, yeah. don't believe you. I was like reading a PubMed article, and they're like, we did a survey with three thousand people using Yahoo Groups. I was like, nah, debunk. Like I ain't like, I'll read your study, but not yeah. like grain of right. sand, salt, yeah. grain of salt. <laughs> what sand. is it? Make it with a grain of sand. So oh my god, salt. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right, fetishes. Where do we want to begin? Ooh, it could be sand. It oh, could I be sad. sad. 
friends. I feel like fetishes now. I don't know where this podcast is going to go. <laughs> and I don't know my comfort level of talking about like sexual stuff in the public eye. So fun. We're going to see what I'm happens. like a crazy unfiltered person. So it's just going to be me being like, well, I like I my feet. <laughs> and you're going to be like, stop. <laughs> Literally. So, uh, but do you? Okay. okay. I actually don't. I don't. Feet I'm are not, not a fetish for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into feet. I wish I was, but I'm not. You wish you were? I w- like when I was reading so <laughs> many studies about fetishes, I'm like, that sounds so fun. To just have a like, fetish? Like, just be like, yeah, like, you know what? I'm into freaking licking feet and it turns around so hard. At least it's like, you know. And you've got like a really firm grasp on what you like. Like, sometimes I'm like, like, what do I like? I do have fetishes, but there's, I think there's a lot of, like, I don't have any really strong fetishes. And I think there's a lot of shame around it for some people. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool that when someone has a fetish and they kind of, not that they make Own it their it. personality, but when yeah. someone can be like, this is my fetish, it is like a type of empowerment, I think, because you're like, I'm not afraid to be sexual and that's normal. And I like that thing. Whereas I do feel like, oh, I might have like kinks, I guess is what some people might call it too, where you're like, oh, I like that thing. It's not a fetish, but it's like. Yeah. Okay. So this is my, what it. When I was reading and like it was like a fetish, they kept saying atypical sexual desire. And I was like, Are you allowed to say that? Like everything I was like, Am I gonna get canceled? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like atypical, like I don't know, it's not bad, it's not bad. But like they kept saying atypical in That's the, where they use in the yeah. lot of the like academic text. I but mean, then, that that feels like a better atypical. word to use than most things. Eight, but then oh, but they were right. saying it means when you're sexually aroused by non-living objects or non-genital body parts. And I'm like well, I got turned on by non-genital body parts. Like, have you ever seen a nice arm? Gorgeous yeah. tits. I guess are those genital? Oh, yeah, gorgeous tits. Well, that could be considered. I mean, it's not genitals, but it, don't people consider that like private parts? But it's interesting. You know what I mean? I'm like, they said genitals and a lot of those. I saw it in yeah. two um, like journal articles. Like, yeah, well, I like things that aren't like, genitals. Are those fetishes? Like, is that atypical? <laughs> yeah, no. Pretty sure we all love tits yeah and people will be like wow their hands look so strong you know yeah. what I mean? like, there's definitely so like, parts Ooh. of body or like the cheekbones could be attractive like yeah. i guess like what are every part of the body yeah. could be attractive my fetish Ostensibly, is, your is that what that word means i sometimes i've never ever said that word no, out loud. i don't know what it means i have a science and art degree i don't I, understand i think it here i'm gonna say what i think it means and then i'm gonna look it up okay. i think ostensibly means like ostensibly i i'm could you use it in a sentence i just did <laughs> i know google that hey you want me to look yeah, because I'm like ostensibly, we can link it into fetishes and then oh, we will all learn. Be, okay, ostensibly, apparently or purportedly, but perhaps not actually. Oh my God. What did I say again? I don't know, but it was that. <laughs> ostensibly. Know what? Ostensibly to this whole podcast. Because like everything <laughs> about like communicating science, you're doing ostensibly. Because it's like you're yeah, taking yes. information that's been studied in very specific things. A lot of my stuff has to do with rats. And then you're, you know, being like, rats have brains. We have brains. Mm. Let's ostensibly draw a connection. <laughs> That's how you learn. You have to, like, make that connection. Yeah, right? I suppose. You yeah. Use, now you use it. No, no, no. I think I used it in the right way the first time. But you know when, you you, do when, when now, you're though. asked to give a definition of a word and then you oh, suddenly I froze. And now I've, like, lost all meaning of that word. But I said it and I was like, I think that kind of yeah, like when you, you were saying right. bricked up. I was like, I kind of think I know what it means. But if you ask me, I can't say what it means. You're like, I can't say boner. I think it's just getting so <laughs> No, aroused. I just was like, oh, I think I kind of know what it but means. But now you know what it means. Ostensibly. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. get it? <laughs> was that right? Yeah. 
But can I say ostensibly about myself? I actually don't think so. No. It's like, I should know. <laughs> no, no, you can. You can. I must ostensibly. Okay. Back to fetishes. Um, you were kind of talking about something, which was. Well, I can as ostensibly explain to you why a you lot of people are into feet. <laughs> okay. Let's start there. Because I also want to talk about like the more general reasons why we have fetishes. Okay. Or the theories. Okay, do that. Actually, I think that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. So. And then you'll talk more about the specific yes. fetishes. So, okay. There's actually four main theories of um, why we have fetishes in the first place. But this is all <laughs> heavily caveated, which is like there's... It's ostensible. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, it's like there really are not that many studies for years. And, and the studies that exist you know, it's hard to quantify these kinds of things and hard to isolate these kinds of things. So a lot of these theories are more like psychological in that sense of like people's brains, but there are some loose things about like brain connections and stuff, but it's not like, Oh, it's because of this chemical release and these neurons connecting. It's not ever down to that. Okay. So these theories are based more in like psychologist building theories around it. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. I think that is for all the fetish research I saw. There was not much. Okay, so four main ones. First is brain overlap theory, and maybe this is the closest one to some empirical evidence, but it's just that the parts of your brain that are related to like your genitals, like sexual oh, body this parts. Is literally what I was going to say. Oh. Yeah, no, this is great. I didn't know how to th- a name. Brain yeah. overlap theory. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those parts of your brain are directly adjacent to uh, like parts that control the feet. So this is actually what I was going to say. It's okay. from that Brainscape book that I read. They had a whole thing about fetishes because oh. the S1 touch part of your brain which is a literal as like used this language before play-doh pink piece on the top left hand side of your brain goes from the top and down and it looks like yeah like a piece of play-doh and it has folds and everything Mm -hmm. they are able to understand what neurons do what and so there's like the neurons for your feet and there's the most neurons for your hand because that's where you actually have the most information in the brain Mm -hmm. and there's just randomly it's like your genitals like the fleshy neurons where they're packed it goes like literally like genitals like right beside. and it's at the end it's like genitals and right beside it is feet randomly and then it goes to elbow and it's like oh <laughs> genitals and feet right. are uh, physiologically next to each other in your brain. in the actual like physicality like of mapping. your brain of your s1 touch brain map so that's what that is the it's brain overlap theory yeah and so in the sense that it's a theory it's like they just because they're beside each other like the the idea yeah. is that they cross talk or maybe they have more connections but that's not like quantified yeah but it's, a really, it's not like it's we cool. know for sure that's a science is. discovery yeah. that someone was like i'm amazing i just found out yeah foot fetishes. yeah so that was number one theory number two is called the pavlovian theory so this is like if you're exposed to something while you're sexually aroused it's more like yeah. you'll build an association with it. So they had a study where they would show men naked images of women and boots at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so they like built up an association with boots and eventually they just showed the men's boots and they would be able to measure that they were aroused. Okay. I'm just going to add another study in here because it's exactly <laughs> Am part. I stealing your It's so then? funny. No, no. It just It's working together. Okay. Not, not your Am I stealing? Com- competition. Uh, well, no. I, yeah. Mine is actually really good about boots. <laughs> Okay, so what they did with Sometimes mice... Sometimes I feel that way. No, well, you shouldn't. The thing about mice is so... This is so freaking weird and stupid. I mean, it's like scientists are so insane. And it's like, oh my God, ostensibly with this one. But they put little leather vests... Oh, <laughs> They put my. little leather vests You're on lying. mice. Yes, they ratatouille. I'm not lying. They ratatouille 
fetish, like not cooking a meal. We're doing fetish sex. When you say a vest, I just picture like a guy who wears a vest and a fedora. Okay. It's it's literally (laughs) so I wish they put fedoras and they should do a study on fedoras and do the same thing. It was like, we should do a podcast on fedoras. (laughs) Honestly, like why are they so awful to look at? And yet so So prevalent in culture for like decades. Yeah. It's like Neo, Jason Mraz, (laughs) and they're still wearing them. It's weird. Okay. But, (laughs) um, it's like a, it was a leather vest that they put on little mice and then they'd make them copulate with a mate and then they'd have other control mice that would just copulate and over time the the mice that were wearing the vest would not be able to literally have sex without the vest oh my god actually <laughs> yeah they just like, isn't that crazy that but is also i'm like crazy. ostensibly like that is a weird study. no okay i have more <laughs> Okay. To back this because Pavlovian. um that has been <laughs> evidenced in birds as well. Not with clothes, but they say like birds and other mammal species acquire sexual preferences through interactions with the same species. So if hmm. probably like you're saying, like they probably show that when birds interact in a way, even if it's a coincidence, this bird became sexual and there was a coincidental interaction, like yeah. that will inform their sexual preferences yeah. and i think that's also what they mean yeah, yeah, about humans too maybe yeah and so um that makes sense pavlovian theory it was also linked so they say people who have <laughs> high sex drives they believe that might be why they are more likely to have fetishes because they're more often aroused and if mm. you're aroused you're more likely to maybe <laughs> have more things around you oh my god you get bricked up randomly because you're so horny and you're looking at your fern in your home yeah, and, and all of a like, sudden you're like well oh, maybe i want to <laughs> fuck my fern literally <laughs> Do I want to fuck my plants? Nope, never happened. No. But maybe if I could look at it a little centrally. <laughs> Change the way. Okay. You come home, yeah. bang- there's dirt everywhere because I'm banging the root system of our plants. <laughs> Monstera. Thank God the holes are there already. Um, okay. Next theory. Gross out theory. Two final theories. Um, gross out. So it says in high states of arousal, mm-hmm. dis- your disgust, disgust <laughs> impulse weakens. Oh, true. And so true. Uh, it's as though it could change your perception of the world and why maybe like kinky things because your brain's like changed its state and it no longer thinks things are as gross. And that's why some people like get into kind of like dirty sex. Oh my God. Okay. So that's the gross out theory. We need to make a video about this because it's like, I remember the first time I was like, I would let that man shit on me. Oh. Okay, so like this is when I'm like, I hope to God my mom has turned this podcast off. So I remember I was like, in, it was like everyone in grad, everyone on grad trip was you've like, never told this to me, and I am never. Gonna I feel like I have, but you've just, it's just, you know, you've just forgotten. Like I, I don't know, I haven't really. I used to talk about this a lot, but I just haven't a long time because that's whatever. I was really young. Everyone was like, going to Cancun. And I was like, I'm gay. Like, I can't go there. Like, I'll get murdered. Like, so I decided to go on the art trip of my school with like okay. a bunch of like grade nine nerds and like me and like me and my friend. But it was also cool. So instead of like Cancun, I went to Paris and we had a like, it was like, you know, I'm in Paris. I'm traveling for the first time. Like, oh my God. And then like this bus pulls up and this man, this like gorgeous, like the first European man I've seen comes out and he's our tour guide. And I was like, Oh my god! I was immediately like, "That's the hottest person I've ever seen," and I just remember as we were going in, he walked up the steps in front of me, and like his ass was like in my face, <laughs> and I was like, "I would let him." No, like I was like, "He's so hot, right. I would let him shit on me." And then there's like a funny thing now, like in the later parts of my life, where like if you're at like I don't know, you're in a place where you can see someone so hot, I sometimes will go, "Huh, would I let him shit on me?" And I'm like, "No, I'm like, oh, it's not that hot." Oh my god! <laughs> or like, so you know, unbelievably hot people. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can compare, not in terms of hotness, but it's like that same, not that, like, you know when you people look at babies and they're like, oh, it's so cute that I would, yeah. like, kill it. And they obviously yeah. don't actually mean kill it. Right? <laughs> Wait, whoa, yours is weirder than mine. Your fetish is murder. No. They lock him up, I just, people. like, when I, all I can relate <laughs> Never is mind, that you're not saying there's, like, intense emotions associated that yeah. you take it to the extreme and, yeah. like, someone shitting on you is obviously the extreme. Yeah, so picture like, that next time and you might be like, oh, yeah, no, that shit on No, me. because as soon as I actually <laughs> picture it, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm it not like smells so bad. Yeah, okay, I'm not, like, thinking, like, him rubbing his turds all over me but i'm just like it's a moment of like you're that hot that i'd like can like any most people it's like someone's like can i shit on you i'd be like hard no yeah and uh we're gonna like no kink shaming if people are into that no no i'm just saying for me i usually don't want to get shit on (laughs) or shit on someone almost always it's a rare occurrence you meet them once every two years like those that often Okay, wait. I was you have a kink last. and a fetish. No, okay, fine. Once every <laughs> once every four years, literally, five never crossed my mind. Maybe once in my life, and not for like a. I've never been like, well, let that person. Do it. <laughs> I have only ever been like, I would never let anyone. Do well, that it's to the me. gross out theory because sometimes you can get so Fair. aroused that you're not grossed out by things, and that's interesting, and that maybe led to my shit fetish. Please, no one quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, final theory is the pain theory. So research shows that sexual release and pain in the brain are very similar in terms of mm. like the neurotransmitters oh. that get fired, oh. in terms of the chemicals. Pain? Like, yeah. Wow. This is just what I read, okay? No, no, that's, no I'm just like, that's interesting. Uh, and so they think that maybe that chemical release no uh, t- ties like connections between those kind of emotions. So that's why you similar. like BDSM and stuff? Potentially, yeah. Mm. And in like getting choked or like... um, Oh, I do like that. Like people like to get spanked and stuff. Well, you know okay, what I mean? let's There's talk like about pain. that. Is that fetish? Well, like I'm just that. only going to finalize that theory by saying it's... They link it oh, almost yeah. similar to runner's high where it's like pain sometimes yeah. can actually f- like chemically bring you pleasure. Yeah, hello. It's like why I jump in cold water. Yeah. Spank me, daddy. <laughs> so um, do I think... Oh, I do not think pain is good at all because I'm such but a But sometimes I like... We do. <laughs> no. Are you not enjoying that? Or is that for me? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I'm crying. Hey, um, strangles. Me. No, okay. So there's obviously limits to everyone, right? And so these are spectrums. And so in my mind, of course, I don't, I like, don't mind playing with that idea of whether it's pain or pain or fetish or kinks or whatever. Like, there's my own limit where I go, it's too painful. And I think, yeah, a lot of people can it. go past mine. Oh, yeah. That's all I mean. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I yeah. don't disagree. Like, in my own sexual existence, like, I push the boundary of pain, but for what's comfortable to me. But that, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but that's also interesting. It's like, that's why safe words are important because it mm-hmm. would be, it's so different for everyone. Yeah. Literally, based on the no deception, everyone knows that people mm-hmm. feel pain differently. And that's a really good thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. So I do think like, oh yeah, it can be exciting. But <laughs> but you're just like, mind I like, know I'm really a wimp, and sometimes yeah. even just like you laying on top of me, I'm like I'm in pain because it's like uncomfortable. Oh, I love when people like lay on. No, but me. I can get into but that now too. I'm like if it's being done like, right, this but sometimes so you're weird. just like getting out of bed and touch yeah. me, and I'm like, ah. No, I know, I know. Like truly, I'll like like sometimes be like. Hello, Mitch. And he'll be like, oh, forceful said. And I'll be like, can I hit you with my words? Like, it's like, you're so funny. You're so sensitive. Yeah. So that is interesting because it's like, yeah, your limit. You have to be careful for yourself. Yeah. And everyone just has to know their limit. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think every, it's interesting because I think everyone could do well to think about fetishes and sex in their own spectrum because yeah. it allows you to explore at least what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Like everyone on some level 
can play with pain because obviously it's linked, but it's like your level of pain might just be like deep massage. <laughs> okay, so this is like why kink shaming is bad. Yeah. In a study. So it was like they found 1,398 kink involved or kink identified people. Which okay. I think was like, cool, hot, uh, I'm kink involved. Um, yeah, I always wonder sometimes how they screen for people if they <laughs> yeah, explicitly ask weird. or if they like deduce based yeah, on their interests. Like, is it like, like there's probably a question the, on the survey that was, or like, they're like, it's like a scientist like working in a hospital and then like, <laughs> like man, like a gay bear walks in with like assless leather chaps and they're just like, huh, maybe we should ask that guy <laughs> about our BDSM survey because we're more likely going to get him saying, yeah, I'm kink. Yeah, I think involved. no. I, I think that's not how they do it. They just like put out yeah. calls for volunteers. That and the probably stipulation is like you identify as someone who's into fetishes. Yeah. So it said kink involved people who engaged in atypical erotic activities such as bondage, rough sex, and other fetish activities, or other atypical activities like liking a cheek, yeah, any yeah. part of the body that's not a genital, as we yeah. learned earlier on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so they found that a, like a high number of the participants would not had not discussed their kink with their uh, physician. So it was like mm, it was like almost sixty percent because they're ashamed. And then it was also that forty nine point six percent of them had not brought up to a therapist or a mental health professional. Mm. So it's like yeah. because of kink shaming, these are just things that they're not telling people who would maybe need to know. Yeah. And then the number of people who reported delaying or avoiding healthcare. Because of anticipated perceived stigma of kink involvement, because what they were doing, maybe they like, I don't know, BDS, like whatever, something happened and they like were like, I'm not even going to go seek help because I'm so embarrassed. That's so, it's like, obviously yeah. I'm seeing that in my own life as well. Like it is just so crazy because sometimes I tell myself like, oh, maybe there is a line with what is like sexually appropriate or not. But it's just like, why would there be thinking of other species? It's like so weird that we judge sexual acts in such an intense way. Yeah. Right. But well, the thing is, is like, it's, I think it has to do with like harm. It's like, we're saying fetishes and like all aspects of sex are normal if you're not harming yourself or someone mm. else. And what's so fucked up is that predominantly like men and like humans have done really harmful things through sex. Like mm -hmm. it's been a horrible, it's been used like throughout history as like such a like, just like you have to also make sure and be aware that that is something that like we make sure brains don't want to do which is like harmful sex. So I think that's like the right. thing, the reason why the, a lot of the shame comes I from see. like people I think The idea is around. like maybe it gets to a bad place and, and an actual legitimized, not because it's like taboo sex, but it's actually maybe yeah, could like, be harmful. And human, like men, men rape, like colonizers yeah. raped. Like it's like, th that is right. disgusting so sex and is actually and, sometimes tied to violence. I don't know. I feel like beating, like I feel no, like kink shaming is tied that's to interesting because I was like, it's so sad that we sex shame as that's just general. what I, that's, that's just literally just me saying an, that. Yeah, and no, thinking it's an that. Interesting I don't know if that's true or not. Because all these things you have to make sure you aren't harming yourself or harming other people. Yeah. That's the most important part about sex is just always remembering that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's just like weird because, and it can be dangerous, like sex in general, literally. It's like, you're like, yeah, like literally just painful, like mixing you your bacteria yeah. and viruses yeah. and fluids. That's true. And the consequence is so large too. Yeah. To like have even dangerous sex, like A, you can have a kid if you're a heterosexual couple, but also you can like spread disease and stuff. Like, I guess like I am just trying to realize like there might be reasons that like lots of sex and it yeah. is evolutionarily like sometimes seen as bad <laughs> yeah. but then obviously it's like beautiful that in the society we're trying to like because it's also used as a tool to oppress people especially yeah. women right yeah, yeah, yeah but also like gay people and like people who don't conform <laughs> to normal sex 
um, normal I have, like, sex a, in quotes. I have like a thing that's like in my head that I like just I don't even think I should say it on the podcast. We okay, don't say on. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should just move on because I'm like when I have you to have that disclaimer. Figure... Don't say it because I don't uh, want you to regret no. something in the future. No, I just like I don't have to figure it out. He's gonna but say it. It's like a... no, I'm not gonna say it. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm like panicking. Okay. No, but listen to the future when I've figured out my thought. I will tell you. So keep listening. One day I just haven't. It's not a fully formed okay. thought that you don't want to do it. Like and it could, like and then if done just like a little wrong, it's like sh- nope. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So also another thing I study I liked was a Brazilian study because Brazilians will apparently watch the most Pornhub per capita. Oh wow! Hot Brazilians okay. are so hot. You're all watching and sex. Assuming porn. this is straight porn. No, this is a lot of gay porn. Okay. Yeah. So it was like menu of sex. Wow, with a study men. on gay porn. Yeah. Cool. It was like well, it was a study on menu of sex with men and watching bareback gay porn okay. and then try ask them a bunch of questions and there mm. was a higher amount of people who were having unprotected sex with men yeah. who were men who watched. Bare that makes sense. Yeah. And which porn. is like actually cool. obviously interesting correlation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how porn shapes people's fetishes and desires. Yeah. Cause you're aroused while you're doing yeah. it presumably. And then you can like build up. It is just interesting. <laughs> Cause I have heard about that before where the advent of bareback porn increases bareback sex in the gay community yeah. or has and as a result more sexually transmitted diseases like yeah. not unprotected sex like that's what this study's main takeaway was from because all the other answers and like ways they found out about these brazilian people's lives like there wasn't as strong a correlation hmm. and i guess they asked the right questions they asked like how often do you participate in unprotected sex with men and then it was interesting. It was like zero to 20 minutes, 20, like how much oh, of a, like bareback porn do you watch wow. per week? And then oh, they would wow. answer. Some might say zero. Some might say like whatever. Yeah. That'd be such a weird question. That'd be such answer. A, I'd be like, I have to really think you, about oh, that. I used to be, <laughs> I was like my freaking personality for like my whole life in school. I was like, I'm the coolest person ever. Cause I was chosen as like a stats can. Kid. Oh yeah. It you was see, so that fun. That is interesting. And it made me, it helped me be, like want to contribute to science? Well, okay. I don't know if my parents signed me up or if they just randomly chose, but what would happen is like every year, tw- like twice a year, I get pulled out of class and everyone, the teachers, everyone's just like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I would like, it's like, oh, you're the doing the stat scan thing. And I would go to this room and this person would come in. They're always really nice. And they'd be like, here is a survey about you. It's very personal. It is 100% confidential. I don't know it. No one will ever know your answers do this and it takes like three hours and there's like Whoa. always a sex pamphlet like the si- the way the sides were ripped right. kind of like when you're voting it's like very official <laughs> you know what i mean like how it's like they give you a thing they're like now rip the side like to yeah. prove that they hadn't like altered it or something mm-hmm. and there was always this like sex pamphlet and it would ask the most specific intense questions that as a young person and being told like there's right. no judgment here it like opened my eyes it was like that's an option that's and then it was like yeah. it made me like question things. It was like answering questions in ways that like we're obviously teaching you things, but I would have to say so many things like about sex. And hmm. I think maybe even when I was young enough, like grade six, they were probably like, "Have you had sex?" Because they need to like know. And right? I was, like, they're trying no, to understand. Like, that's the first time you asked me that. Like yeah. that's intense. No, that's, and then that really data goes to Stats Canada, a government, and then they say this many kids participated in marijuana. Yeah, <laughs> so they're like, like that one. Marijuana is the one. I'd be like, yeah. And, and like, <laughs> and you'd be like, I hope yeah. no one. They were like, they were like, grade nines are doing it. There's a crisis, <laughs> and I was a part of the crisis of marijuana. You were like this bad, <laughs> and probably like giving blowjobs. No, that's really too. interesting. Like, that you would is... ask me about. It would literally be like, how many blowjobs have you given? Like, I'm not kidding. They wouldn't mm. say blowjobs. <laughs> they well, would don't... say oral sex. Like, there, 
in America, don't they all have like, or do we all do the census, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, we don't do that. Yeah, we do. Oh. You I, have to do that. I know. They send it to you and you have to send yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I did it every time. <laughs> it's like literally legal. <laughs> um, no, but those are obviously, yours was probably way more personal. The census is like not. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if in America oh, it's I different, loved but it. like you just start basically filling out basic information about yourself. Like, reach out to me if you were a stats can kid, because I want to know if I like, had the coolest, weirdest experience. <laughs> like, how many people got to do it? It was and so I'm fun. I'm so curious if it was random or if your parents were like, we should sign Greg up to be a stats kid. Yeah, because my parents also would do that, but my sister never did. Mm. And then the just like another part I remember, I was in university first year and they came to my res and they were like, this is the last one. Aww. Like you were, but it wasn't the were, same people all the time, was it? No, but they always but were just like, so gorgeous. I feel like they had to be like social workers or something. Yeah. Their vibe was so like, this is for you. And like, if you've had anal sex, that's totally fine. Like you were like, like the original vibe. boyhood. <laughs> they like followed him for so long. Isn't oh, that, that movie yeah. where they like followed him? Imagine like... it was the same person. That'd be a good like indie film. Yeah. Like just through the years, the relationship built just only in the session. That's of so the cute. Yeah. But, like as a science. But they actually would play like games on their phone and like because they don't actually do anything. They just like are monitoring you. Oh. So like but... for three hours, they'd sit there. It's like, you know, it'd be different you know, if they like, were asking you the question. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, but uh, like seeing a person through the eyes, like if if it was the same person who saw yeah. it every time, like they'd have to watch. I you, honestly like, love that. Even I, didn't I do. I'm like, I wish I miss it. I wish they still did that. They um, should know what a thirty year old. That was your fetish. Statscan. Yeah. <laughs> like I just really want Statscan to come back because I cannot get off anymore. Okay, so this is a weird one. It's not really a fetish, but like it really turns me on. And I was kind of like did a bit of ostensible jumping for this one but there's a lot of even you were kind of saying it like pavlovian like there's a lot of weird research about like adopted daughters who choose partners who end up looking like their dads even though okay. they're adopted like that like there is this like adopted dad or yeah. their biological dad no they're adopted dad oh, okay. that's my point there's like they're mm. they in this fetish <laughs> journal that they linked to a study i was like this is interesting they were trying to say there are correlations between what you find attractive mm. based on the what you got sexualized with growing up mm. and there's just something like what you're used to and it's just interesting that they found a correlation of adopted daughters like being with people i know it's mm. weird it's like look like your dad yeah, but it makes yeah, sense yeah. when you think about childhood as a place where you form like whatever sexual yeah and or ideas just about yeah just the, like what either yeah. like genders or your day male you probably think about your figures. parents having sex first because it's the first time people are even like this is what happened your mom and dad had sex to create you and you're probably mm. like what like you just yeah. whatever but then i was thinking i'm so turned on when people wear like, like tidy whiteies. parents better not be listening now either like i was what? making a joke i thought you just said tidy whiteies what did you no, say no i said your mom better not be listening because i'm like i'm so turned on by my mom <laughs> like i thought like, that you ever read right. freud <laughs> like um no. where are you going with this no no, <laughs> no by tidy whiteies. tidy whiteies like which to me growing up was like the weird first underwear you'd get yeah so it's yeah. like the first time i ever like That's had weird. to look right. at my Damon body love tidy whiteies well yeah well i don't sometimes i can't even just explain it like i'm like i'm just like watching porn and like it doesn't even happen that much it's just like someone's wearing and i'm like that's the one i want to click like that's hot and even for me i'm like you're getting right, hard right now but that's the first underwear i ever wore that's interesting so it's the first time i ever saw my package in an underwear that's very interesting no because i think a lot of people do have that especially gay men because they can identify like a straight man might have it but they're not gonna like i don't know like get well i think that. like everyone's gay and everyone's straight like in my head but like yeah like, but like i think even straight guys would still have to look at themselves in underwear and that's the first mm. opportunity they get to see genitals 
Like, not like straight guys get to just see female genitals whenever they want, but genitals right. are always sexual for themselves. They want to pleasure mm-hmm. themselves. Like, yeah, I think sense. it works for everyone. It makes sense. Like, I think that underwear is probably one if, of the bigger fetishes for people. There's totally a thing like Cameron Diaz and Charlie's Angels where guys are like, oh, my girlfriend wears my underwear. Oh, and really? it's like I think that's like a thing that straight people say, and it's like, yeah, that's because <laughs> you're obsessed with your own underwear from your, in your fetish form from when you okay. look at your first time in underwear, boys' underwear. But I think you're right. A lot, of, but a lot of gay porn also fetishizes like underwear with like jocks for some reason. I always find that weird because I'm like, I didn't grow up with jocks. I, I mean, like jocks, the people. Oh, but also, also jocks. Oh, jocks I did play straps. hockey, so I had jocks and jock oh, straps. Oh, wow! Because I didn't play hockey. Didn't play That's hockey. why I don't care about jock straps. Really? I literally don't care about jock straps because I didn't see it during formative <laughs> sexual parts of my. Are you kidding? If I was on a hockey team, I'm not seeing jock straps. Like for sure, now I'd be like, slap on the jock straps. That's so funny. I've actually sexual never energy. thought about why jock straps in the gay community are so popular. But like, it's maybe like it's that. It's such a masculine. <laughs> even if you, even if you didn't play hockey, I think it's like represents a form of like energy like that is so funny because they're so gay and slutty to me that i've never thought about them as masculine i'm like it's like eeny weeny teeny little like (laughs) undies and like all i ever see are gay like jock shops which are like pink yeah so it's like i've never thought of them as masculine and i think like most like hockey players wear underwear with a jock strap on top yeah whereas like when gay people wear it it's like you're you're seeing a butt like holes out yeah you're just covering the crotch so it actually is like different when you're in hockey you're not like your ass isn't out for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like wearing underwear and then you put a jock strap on top. I think anyway, I forgot. Wow. I was like, okay, okay. I'm definitely never like, no, like don't come at me with jock straps. You know what I mean? <laughs> you like, it's just like a mind. Oh, I would be into that for sure. Oh, I lo- oh yeah. I'll put on a jock strap for you. But actually, this is how I know. It's I put a it on childhood backwards. thing. It's like, no, I, I need it to look like there's an actual jock strap in there. Okay, so I need to get a real jock strap. Because there yeah. are sexual jock straps yeah. that are just like a pouch on front yeah, or whatever, yeah. or like, you need to be like very soft. I actually need to protect like, my no, balls you, from tackling yeah. the boys. I need to think you're yeah. playing hockey. Okay, also <laughs> the boy underwear thing, like this is such a cool like gender thing, but when I was kind of half out to my friends, like only half out, so I was like at a party, so it wasn't like, oh, like, so you're like I'm like, buying. Well, no, no, like two no half it of wasn't them? that. It was like, I wasn't out to everyone. Okay. So I was kind of like, it is easier at this party to kind of, even though I'm gay and accepting more about my sexuality, it's easier in this public party to try and make out with a girl. Cause I can just do that and not have to worry about any reciprocal, like that guy's gay. Right. Yeah. 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 It was like that kind of space for me Mm -hmm. and like the coming out phase. And there was this girl and she was like, now I think about it, like so masculine. And she had boy under, she had like Avril Lavigne tank top that was like cut short. Like boy underwear hanging out of like baggy jean pants. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, that's the hottest girl. And then I hit on her and we like made out and I fingered her and it was like so hot. And I was like, even attracted to boy underwear. Like I have a fetish of just like underwear. Mm. Like the white undies. She had white undies. You just and like I literally fingered undies. her and it literally was don't so hot. Stop saying that. I don't know why that feels so weird to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm just being like, it was fully hot. And it's like, I am actually telling everyone right now, like I have an underwear fetish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um okay good to know and a tidy whitey one yeah 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 well for that time and then just like those are the first underwear i saw on myself and the weird mm. thing about being gay it's like sometimes you look in the mirror and you like masturbate and you're like am i gay or a narcissist you know what <laughs> i mean because it's like i am actually when i first would look in the mirror at my butt i was like well that's a boy's butt <laughs> and that's you know what i mean it's like a weird gay yeah, like, queer yeah. experience you have like, to like face like, your own cool, body like my butt's like and and at that age, you like butt. aren't really allowed to see other people naked. So yeah. like you're the only person you're yeah. seeing naked. Exactly. 
Whereas, like, obviously, as an adult, it's different. But when you're young, like, obviously, some kids come across porn or watch porn. But um, there's a, there's an age where you're getting sexualized where you can't yeah. really watch porn. And yet. porn is so weird. Like that, your not, own body. Is when like, you watch porn, it, it is still on a screen. It's like as much as it's like fucking crazy, and we have so many videos on it, and definitely like takes over your neurochemistry. It's still not the same as like seeing your own body in real life. Like, mm-hmm. the, like there's still that like yeah true. like it's the like looking yeah the real knowing body. something's real yeah, yeah. it's so intense in real life real. intangible yeah, yeah totally like touching yourself um I was still gonna want to say about like the most common fetishes oh yeah is it worth, worth talking <laughs> you're about like them? underwear <laughs> no well that is related to this so um let me just it was an older study but it was like it studied like thousands of people and put like all these different categories and so obviously the first one 30 percent of people mm-hmm. uh it was their fetish was for a body part or a piece of clothing associated with a body part so yeah like, mine was the one associated with the genitals yeah so yes. and that's why like people like yeah. feet it's a body part so or shoes, like socks, socks right oh my god socks yeah people have like you wait your first what? Tr- you were you, don't point at okay, me like this that. guy over here said the first time he realized he was gay was when he saw gaston's feet with a toe poking through a sock okay that is true a stinky sock that is true. So, but I think that was more the disgust thing where I was like, it's gross and yet I want it. So have do not like, if Mike got my one toe out stinky socket, would you not be like, no, Sigh. because now I've turned into more of a prude. Like I think oh. now I'm like, ah, that's gross. That it's was dirty. when you were so turned freaking on. Yeah. It was kid. like free. I was just like, I just want it. I guess that's Yeah. I, I, now I, to me, I could have a foot fetish only with like really nice feet yeah, yeah, yeah because to me maybe that's yeah. also what makes it interesting but it's like i can i, I also find feet really gross sometimes right so yeah also like it's got to yeah. be like the most beautiful foot and then oh, i'll be like i'm pedicures. into that that's why that's why everyone's getting pedicures i guess because yeah. then you're like well i think it's fine if someone wants to lick it yeah like it might as well be clean like be ready to be but sometimes on. it can be perfectly clean to me i'm just like that's not yeah, a that's foot just for not me ready yeah you like know? greg has gout again <laughs> <laughs> And I'm specifically You're talking like, about Greg, that's gout. So we're not going to do the foot <laughs> stuff tonight. Um, okay. So that was like the biggest one. 18%, which was like the second, um, were based on people's behaviors. So it would be a fetish oh, with you acting weird. a certain way or if, like what you, Ooh, your partner such, or who you're yeah. hooking up with. I'm like, I forgot about that. The concept of behavior. Yeah. 7% was based on their own behavior. So it's like something I do that makes me feel turned on. Whether that's with someone or not, mm-hmm. it's like uh, my behavior. Maybe it is like risky behavior, being in public, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 5% were objects unrelated to the body. So I guess that would Interesting. be inanimate things. Fucking the Monastera plant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so it said feet and objects associated with feet were the most common preference. Okay, yeah. So fe- foot fetish, I think, yeah. is like obviously top of the list. But people have like leather fetishes, which is kind of the younger, I'm going back again, like formative, like when I was sexualized thing, it's like, you're seeing like guys and girls asses for the first time, like in tight jeans, like girls wearing like parasuco jeans. It's like, damn, that's like literally like her ass (laughs) or like a guy. Yeah. You start to notice like like, in a change room, like wearing like board shorts and they're like, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, that's still what turns me on. It's like when I see like a, like a hot guy's in ass in clothes. Yeah. Oh, me too. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's because that was also an early. Yeah. Formative. Sometimes I'm like, I don't actually think asses yeah. are as nice as asses in really good clothes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Today, this girl was like 
Oh my god, she was so hot. Like sometimes when people work out at the gym and they're so hot. Yeah, you're and like, they oh don't even god. look like they're they are I'm literally like, you're not even doing that much. Like she literally <laughs> was like, mm, this and it's you're like, like you're so body. hot. Like, how do you have the perfect body? Because you actually I'm like sweating over here and it's <laughs> trying like dying, so hard. Trying so hard and you're bare you're effortlessly. She had this like literal like black athleisure wear thing that like the sides of it were see-through, but like with like a little bit of mesh. All the way down, it was like so, like, like it was like her whole like side, like sexy workout she was gear, so hot. And it's like that is so hot. I get, like for probably like because it's like I don't see your body, right? But you're like it's you're so it. tight, yeah. And you're teasing it, and like when I saw Parasico jeans, it was like that, and I can right. like see your ass, <laughs> but there's like a thin layer of fabric over it, and oh my god, I'm being so turned on. <laughs> but then it's like if she was ever like pulled her whole pants you'd be like like, oh it was like my ass i mean i'd be like well let's go but i'd also be like (laughs) but i'd also like in the workout context i'd be like that's weird we're here like it works i'm like i'm allowed to be like see it and then it turns you on because if she was bare i'd be like wait you're doing crunches that's so weird Mm -hmm. and there's something yeah that would be crazy it's like naked working out and that's the first time i would have ever been turned on as a kid it would have been like parasuko jeans parasuko jeans or board shorts right <laughs> like that's all people wore when we were yeah no it is up. it is that is really interesting I, I had never thought about clothes in that sense like immediately with this my brain went to socks and underwear but yeah. it is interesting how even like a chest pecs under a shirt yeah it's like that look of the way the shirt folds on pecs yeah or boobs presumably for people who like boobs yeah it's like the look of the like a <laughs> yeah bra- it's you know literally I mean? cleavage yeah. yeah yeah so it's like I'm turned on by like the way pops. a body looks in clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause then sometimes they take the clothes off and you're like, Oh, it's just not the same. Oh my God. You know what? Probably a new fetish will be for a while. Masks after this pandemic. Oh yeah. It's like kind of a so associated. Cause shit. I was like, it's leave your mask on. Cause clothes, like your face obviously is deemed as, um, attractive but would never be deemed as a fetish but i think it's because you always see it yeah. there's no way if, if we were yeah. like wore masks that's why yeah. like it's kind of sexy to like, have a little mask on yeah you know? it's like i have a fetish for your nose it's like no you don't you see that all the time but oh but with a mask it wouldn't mm-hmm. oh my god yeah masks are hot like they actually are like everyone looks hot in them yeah and like when the pandemic is over i bet people will just get like leather masks and be like sexy well yeah, probably already well, are. it's <laughs> like leave your masks on like if one thing is like this is disgusting yeah we never like, need to we go can, back to like, that yeah. like let's all do it everyone looks better like i don't get why anyone would ever care not to <laughs> but especially in hospitals like leave it for hospitals <laughs> like we all get it you show up you take a mask like you can do that one but yeah no i do think in the, like, definitely there is current and in the future going to be mask fetishes mm-hmm. that's cool well, that's all I had to say, I think. Well, that could yeah, be the all. end of the show. And we don't want to get into the gay fetish, mask fetish, but it's MAC, you know. You know that's oh, a different that is podcast. a fetish. What are That's a different fetishes. podcast. Yeah, that, I don't want to get into that. We should have a podcast. Toxic mask masculinity mask. in the gay community. That's a long one. It's a big, it's a bit of a mouthful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is our catchy new podcast called Toxic Masculinity in the Gay Community? <laughs> All right. Mask fetishes <laughs> with a C. Okay. See you later. Have a good week. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.